your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. At Channel 5, Frank Cusimano always puts together these fabulous lists, top 10 lists for St. Louis sports history. And every weekend, Mike Claiborne and I get a text from Coos. We get it together about, okay, what do you guys think of this? This is our top 10 list. Give me some ideas. <laughs> Mike Claiborne is with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Of course, part of the Cardinal broadcast crew. And Claims, I guess you and I, along with Coos, are the guys, maybe we're just old. And he thinks, okay, I can get some history lessons from these guys. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? We're survivors, and, and we are old. You're absolutely right. I mean, we, we've seen a lot, done a lot, thought a lot, and uh, I think we just, we're just lone survivors, man. I can name them on one hand. So, uh, uh, and, and you know what, Randy? You and I have these uh, very bizarre memories of sports that only you and I could probably roll out, and people were like, damn. These guys had nothing to do when they were younger. So I'll, I'll I think never, there's a lot of things that go into it. I'll never forget driving down the road one time, listening to a show, and I, I guess you guys were talking about hockey numbers, and you brought up Dave Herekesy. and <laughs> I, the record number twenty nine. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's number twenty nine, and he was so. I just, I wanted that guy to make it because of his name. I agree. You know, I, he was the first mad Hungarian, I guess. I think he was here before Hungo. I think he no, was. he came after Hungo. He came after Hungo. Uh, yeah, right. Mid-70s and, and or then, so. I think they got, didn't they get him for Larry Patey? No. Or did they trade? No, wait a minute. They traded Wayne Merrick for Larry Patey. Wayne Merrick. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He's my favorite player. Wayne Merrick Wayne was. Wayne Merrick, number 14. Wound up going to uh, the Islanders and winning some with cups. The New York Islanders. You yeah. know, it's amazing how many Blues players went on to win cups elsewhere. It's unbelievable. They used to be good luck Chuck. You used to have to go through <laughs> St. Louis to get your cup elsewhere. But Exactly. Yeah, just stop off, give your ring size, and we'll see you, we'll see you skating the cup next year. Yeah, as you're on your way out of St. Louis, we say congratulations exactly. because it's going to happen oh, for you. Uh, but, Clabe, since you're the guy to help with lists, maybe you can help Randy and I put together a list that we've been working on today. So uh, right. we're looking at the state of the Cardinals right now, and if you remove Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, and Colton Wong from the conversation because we don't know about their future, and we're going to remove Paul Goldschmidt from this list because he's pretty consistent. Can you name three Cardinals that you feel very confident in heading into the 2021 season? Um, yeah. Flaherty, Carlson. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> we get stuck uh, with that number Carlson, three. And Hicks. I'm going to say Flaherty, Carlson, and Hicks. Yeah, and, and uh, because Hicks Hicks should be well rested, and uh, I bet he's, you know, I think the key for him is he doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. He can throw 105 miles an hour. I think once he develops another pitch or two, then he will be unhittable. Uh, I think Flaherty learned a lot this year uh, with the short season, 
And I think he'll be better because I think, you know, he's going to outwork everybody. And I just think Carlson, once he gets everybody out of his head on how to do this and how to do that, I think he'll be the guy I saw in spring training that, that really had great comfort and ease. And he's got a this air of tenacity about him. And, and I didn't really know him that well. And, and Willie McGee said, hey, you need to hang out with this guy a couple of days and you'll see what I'm talking about. And Willie's known him from day one. And the more I was around him, the more I said, yeah, you know what, you're right. Uh, he's got an air about him. Not not overconfident, uh, but he's got an air that, you know what, you may get me out once, but I'm going to get mine before the day's over with. Claims, you mentioned Hicks at the back end of the bullpen and Gallegos will be back. I really want Alex Reyes to find his way into the rotation. you think that would be reasonable and responsible on the part of the ball club to start him in 2021? You know what? You, I think, Randy, everybody who goes into spring training who pitches needs to go in being ready to stretch out. I, I think that, you know, I was enamored with Reyes' velocity. You know, when we saw him the first time, he was 95, 96. You know, he was blowing it at, at 99, 100 without even grunting, it seemed like. So the question is for him, you know, uh, is he going to have a changeup or a slider to go with him? And if he has three pitches and you have to respect the four seamer and the two seamer that he throws, I think you got to give him a shot in the rotation. Now, the question is, you know, as we saw him just unload the kitchen, you know, with that one or two innings of work, can he pace himself enough where he can give you six or seven? Mm -hmm. And really, I need seven. You know, this whole five and fly thing, I think, is killing baseball and it's killing bullpens. And if you're a reliever, by the time you really – master your skill and you're a really good pitcher uh they've moved on to somebody else or you've been hurt or they burnt you out and you don't make good money i mean you think about how few relievers that we've seen come through st louis that have been around long enough to actually make real money before they were either coming up with tommy john or you know they they weren't uh weren't around before arbitration and when free agency rolled around, there were two other guys ready to take a spot. And I think that it really has hurt the game because those guys get burned out so quick. So I need a guy that can say, hey, give me, I'm going at least seven, and then you figure the other two out. Claves, I want to circle back to Jack Flaherty because another thing we were talking about on the show today is his contract situation. And he seems like a guy, as you mentioned, that's very confident in himself and that I think a lot of us could have forecasted would in different times might want to hit the open market and see what he could command. But I wonder if he, given the state of the world right now and the financial landscape of baseball, might be more amenable to making something work with the Cardinals because of those factors. I don't think so. Um I don't think there's a hometown discount to be found there. I, I think um, he's a guy that I'm not saying he's going to test the market, but you're going to make him a legitimate offer to buy him out of his arbitration years. You know, and I know the Cardinals have been successful with that in the past with some players, and, and they can do it with him, but I don't think there's a hometown discount to be found. Um, you know, he's a guy, I think, at this stage of his career, uh, his next contract will be the one that he's going to be rooted in for hopefully the rest of his career. Uh, so I, I think that the one problem I think some of these players are going to have, and you touched on it, Michelle, the reality of the world as we live in. And just because, you know, it's been that way as far as what guys get paid, 
they think it's going to always be that way. And, and I don't necessarily know if that's going to be the case for the next year or two. You know, I, I think one of the things that the players and the owners are going to have to come to grips with, they're going to have to look at the model of the NBA and the NHL and being partners. Uh, th- this adversarial relationship that we see, I don't think it's productive. Uh, and I think it really hurts. And you got guys in union wise that are old guard and then they feel like they've already been shortchanged. And you got owners that feel like the players have too much as it is. But, you know, that partnership with the NBA and the NHL seems to work uh, where there's a equal equal shares that are dealt with. And I know that the, the most feared words by baseball players salary cap. But, you know, I don't know many guys in Major League Baseball making $40 million. I can show you a few guys in the NBA that are. And, and, Claves- and, and Grant, the rosters are smaller, but, you know, the money is there. And I think that the partnership direction is something these both sides have to look at. During that 1994 strike, the owners offered a 50% revenue share with a salary cap and a salary floor. And, man, for the last decade, MLB players haven't gotten close to 50% of the revenues. I, You're I'm, right. So yeah. if they get offered 50% now, if I'm the players, I jump all over that. I'm going to run with it and quarantine myself to make sure I don't <laughs> change my mind until I sign it, okay? Uh, I agree with you. And, and you know, it, it, the thing is, they want the cake and eat it, too. You can't have, you know, 50-50 share and not have some sort of cost certainty involved. And you touched on something I think is real important. There's got to be a floor. You know, you have to spend a minimum amount of money, uh, you know, in order to maintain a certain level of competition. And, and you know, when you look at the NBA – and I keep going back to it. And I'll even say the NHL, there are a few teams that when the season starts that you say, oh, well, they, they don't have a shot at the playoffs. I mean, when you look at the Western Conference of the NHL and also the NBA, they, they have, they're going to have eight teams that are going to qualify, and they have ten of them that are good enough to qualify. Mm-hmm. You look at baseball, and you already know that the Pirates have no chance. You already know that Seattle has no chance. You already know that some other teams that we look around have no chance before the season starts. And you don't see that as much when you have the salary cap where teams are forced to spend money. Now, how they spend it, that's up to them. And they don't always get it right. I think you've got to have some sort of cost certainty and some sort of real challenge for ownership to remain competitive. And I don't think you can get it done in the, in a direction the way baseball has shown us because there are already teams that say, ah, you know what, well, we're playing for 23. We're playing for 24. You know, and by the time they get players that are good, those guys are either hitting arbitration or on their trading block and they move on somewhere else. And the Pirates are the best example. You look at that kid, Josh Bell, who's a really good player. By the time they even remotely become competitive, he'll be in the arbitration, and the Pirates will say, well, we can't afford this guy, mm-hmm. and they move him. Klaibs, another big storyline this offseason, of course, is the future of Yadier Molina, and one of the teams that has been connected to him is the Yankees. And when you look at the factors com- comparing the Yankees to the Cardinals, which situation do you think if you're Yadier Molina seems more desirable to you? Boy, that's a good question. Um, the Yankees won 100 games last year. Well, they would have, you know, they, they were very good. They won 100 games a year before. Um, they probably are in a better position to win with the talent pool that they have than the Cardinals. But, you know, 
there comes a point where you say, do you have enough money? Do you want to win? And if that's the case, and the Yankees are going to be very attractive. You know, I know some people think it's a, it's a big deal to retire with the only team you've ever played for. I don't know if it means that much because, let's face it, if Yachty comes, there's going to be a Yachty or Molina day, whether he's a Cardinal or not, uh, considering what the contribution that he made. But I, I think you have to look at it. I, I mean, you know, they've kind of given up on Gary Sanchez. You know, Sanchez has been a real disappointment. And they like the other kid that they had catching this year. He did a really nice job. But, you know, if you have a chance for a guy like Yachty to handle a staff of players, of pitchers that they have, that that's going to certainly make them more competitive. The question is, you know what, being familiar with the American League is something that Yachty would have to try to adjust to on the fly. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Claves, before we let you go, we want to direct people to your website, ClavesOnline.com, and you have a great interview with Doc Emmerich up there. And we, we can have interviews with a lot of great broadcasters that are a lot of fun. But as Tony might say, Emmerich could be tied for first. Oh, no, you know what? He's got a half-game lead. <laughs> He's got a half-game lead. I mean, uh, and, Randy, you've been around him. He, one of the nicest gentlemen you'll mm-hmm. ever meet. Uh, I'm glad to hear he's going to be doing essays for NBC, and I think that's really where he hits home as far as I'm concerned. And he was a delightful person, and and I've known him for a a long time, and just to have a chance to chat with him was a treat, and hopefully we'll have have some fun people this week. Uh, As I'm talking to you, my Mookie Betts connection was calling me, so I think I might be talking to him a little later today. Awesome. And uh, we've got a few other people that will be lining up. You know, we we don't have games to talk about. And, you know, there's only so many issues. So sometimes we want to reach out and try and reach and talk to people who we normally don't hear from in St. Louis. And, and uh, hopefully Mookie will be on that list this week. Well, what makes you great, among many things, is that you make it about people. And that's what St. Louis wants. It, it's it's not necessarily about the games. It's about the people that are playing with, playing in and involved with the games. So I, I know that your interview with Mookie Betts will be great. He grew up in Nashville. He's a, a Cardinal country guy. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, I, I'll let you in on this, and I've I'm, I'm known for a while. His mom and I went to school together. You know, St. Louis is on his list mm. of places to go because of the fact of the proximity. And his mother, he and his mother and his family are close, and it would have been cool. St. Louis, Atlanta, and the Dodgers were teams that he was taking a hard look at because of the proximity of Atlanta to Nashville and St. Louis to Nashville. And obviously the Dodgers situation spoke for itself. Yeah, he's the, uh, as Charlie Steiner called him, the $350 million bargain. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying about that. <laughs> Pretty good. Claves, always good to have you with us. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Looking forward to it. Michelle, I'm sorry we won't have a chance to tip one indoors, so we'll have to wait till things settle down before we have our, our, our uh, sit down. I know. We missed our window there, Claves. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll hopefully we'll we'll get through this thing and every, if everybody stays safe and uh, hopefully we'll do it soon. You All guys right. take care of yourselves. Always great to visit with you. All right, Michael. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Mike, right. Mike Claiborne on 101 ESPN. Hey, if you missed anything on today's show, including Mike or Kurt Warner, check out the podcast brought to you by I Promise. Just go to 101ESPN.com and check out the Character and Smallman podcast. Coming up, we've got You're Killing Me, Smalls on 101 ESPN.